Brighter Media Group original. Hey, welcome to the Verse Podcast. My name is John. We are on a daily pursuit to become more perceptive to what the Bible says. And today we're going to be reading from the book of Romans, chapter 7, verses 21 to 25. Let's dive into it. Every single one of us struggles with sin, certain sins. Not that they're pre-wired in us, but we are unique individuals, right? We're unique individuals that have habits. And we may not be pre-wired for certain sins, but as humans, we do sin. And Satan knows these habits. He studies these habits. He knows our playbook. He knows what we do even better than we do, it seems. And he knows how to trip us up. Maybe the word sin is is actually putting too much distance uh, in the reality of what's going on. Like the word sin is some churchy word for doing things that I shouldn't be. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I make mistakes all the time. We all do. Um, I feel guilty sometimes. I might ask God to forgive me of my sins. I might go and confess them to a priest or to someone. But I want to look at um sin in its truest definition sin is the failure to measure up to god's standard of what is righteous morally right or justifiable virtuous and that can be in our thoughts with our words or with our actions and we're sinners by nature and by personal choice our hearts have been corrupted by sin and if it weren't for Jesus, would leave us in total depravity. We have nothing within ourselves to actually make us acceptable before God, which may sound hopeless. You know, we're polluted, defiled, corrupted because of sin. And to sin really means to miss the mark and fall short of perfection. Maybe you've heard that the result of that is death. But it's removed. We don't have to stay that way because of Jesus. So now that we've got that straight, <laughs> do you ever get tired of sinning? Like you try your best, but you get caught in this vulnerability and fall back into the trap of chasing your own happiness at whatever the cost right there in the moment. You may even recognize that you're wrong or you feel guilty and it, you just keep beating yourself up and you continue in that act, you continue in that sin and you get weary and you get tired and you just hate yourself for it. I know for me, sometimes I get mad that I even have to ask God and others for forgiveness in the first place. Uh, if that is you at all, I think you're going to find some real encouragement in today's verses. We're in the book of Romans today, uh, and the Apostle Paul wrote this letter, and he wrote it to Christians that were living in Rome around A.D. 57, uh, and he wrote this from Corinth. He wasn't in Rome at the time. He was writing this to Christians who were living there. This was just three years after 16-year-old Nero had ascended to the throne as the emperor of Rome. 
The political situation in the capital had not yet deteriorated for the Roman Christians. Nero wouldn't begin his persecution of them until he made them scapegoats after the great Roman fire in AD 64. So at the time, Paul was writing to a church that was actually experiencing peace relatively. And it was still a church, though, that he felt needed a strong dose of doctrine, I guess you could say. And so Paul, while he was in Corinth, was experiencing his own stuff. You know, he was he was surrounded by diverse people and practices in Corinth. There were sailors and tradesmen. There were wealthy people. There were enslaved people. There were enslaved Christians. And Corinth was a prominent Greek city at the time, and it was also a hotbed of sin, really, sexual immorality, idol worship. So when Paul was writing to Romans about sinfulness that we're talking about today, and when he's talking about humanity, when he's talking about the power of God to miraculously change you and change lives, he knew what he was talking about. It was playing out in his everyday life when he was writing from Corinth. So that's our context to the verses that we are reading today. So let's dive into it. We're going to read Romans 7, 21 to 25. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. I'm actually going to read that in a different version that might be a little bit easier to wrap your mind around. This is the New Living Translation. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. So when you make the decision to follow Jesus, when you believe that he was, you know, the Messiah, the son of God, that he died for your sins, when you believe that and make that choice, your identity changes, but you haven't gone anywhere, right? You still exist on this earth. There just exists this change of who you were and who you are now. There's a certain distinction of who you are and where you're living, meaning that you're now this completely new, redeemed, clean, saved person, but you still live in the same body, the same body that's still contaminated by flesh. I want to clarify a bit further. When Paul says flesh in this translation, it doesn't, he's not just talking about physical body and he uses the term flesh to talk about something different than just that. He doesn't 
equate body to being bad. When he says flesh, he's talking about your old earthly nature, meaning your spirit is something that relates to heaven and flesh relates to earth. It's a it's a bit confusing, but I, I do think it helps to understand that, that in that same sense, when Paul is saying that sin is in your flesh, he's using it to say and to talk about your nature here on earth and that it's deeper than just your physical body. When Christians sin, we're not the only ones doing it. It's just the sin that's living in us. And that's what verse 20 is talking about. We didn't read verse 20, but that's what it's talking about. I know this can get confusing at part, but it's going to come around, trust me. What Paul is not doing here, and this is the point, is making an excuse that we tend to do on our own. Our tendency is to avoid personal responsibility for our sin. But what Paul is really doing is reminding us that our true identity is no longer found in our actions, even when we keep sinning. It's important to notice this in verse 21. When verse 21 is talking about evil being present, but the evil isn't defining the individual. Yeah, evil is close. Sin wants you to define yourself by what you've done wrong, but we have to remember that God defines you by who you are in Christ. Maybe that's a weird saying. Well, who who you are in Christ. Like, what does that mean? It sounds super churchy. What it means is that you are no longer identified as an orphan separated from God and that God has adopted you into his family because of Jesus. That's who you are. You're free from that power that sin has. That's an incredible gift. You're free from shame. You're free from guilt and from worry and from fear. Do you realize that? Do you even do you live that way? Even if you don't feel it, it is true. And I want to close with this. When we feel wretched, like that verse says, when we feel miserable, disgusted with ourselves, guilty and plastered with shame, and we're left undone, we're left asking who is going to rescue us from feeling this way Paul in verse 24 recognizes what most of us completely miss is that we are helpless to resolve our own problems we are continuously fighting this inner war struggling to pull ourselves out we continue to feed the beast of our own sin we grow corrupt over time and the more we struggle the deeper we sink. And positive thinking isn't going to get us out of it. It won't do it. Yoga won't do it. Meditation won't do it. Self-help blogs, liberation literature, anything going to do it either. Acting shameless won't do it. Saying I was born this way won't do it. Escaping to the wilderness to find yourself won't do it. Medication won't do it. Therapy won't do it. Alcohol won't do it. Porn won't do it. Sex won't do it. Ignoring it won't do it. Money, power, influence, not going to happen. Making an impact, being an influencer, it's not going to happen. It won't do it. And it won't happen. We will not be rescued until we, like Paul suggests, 
lift our eyes to the only one who can rescue us when we are hopeless. Thank God that Jesus is our answer. All right, so here's the dealio. We are going to take a minute or so to do our own reflections, to pray, to meditate. You can take this time to do whatever you'd like to do with it. We'll do that, um, and then we'll come back on the other side. Thanks for checking out the Versed podcast today. So glad that you are here and you've taken time out of your day to be here. It's awesome. Uh, if you want to dive deeper and do your own studies, uh, I encourage you to do that and not to just take my word for it. I've linked a bunch of resources for you to do that in the episode notes, so check those out. My social media is there as well if you'd like to connect and reach out. I also have a form that if you want have any questions about Christianity or the Bible or whatever, or you have a verse you'd like me to study and do a deeper dive episode on, that's in the show notes. And then the last thing, I just want to ask you, if you wouldn't mind and haven't done it yet, leave a rating and a review on the podcast. That not only helps other people contextually understand why they should or shouldn't listen, but uh, it helps in Apple's Apple's algorithm, uh, helps more people see it. So I would appreciate if you could leave a rating and a written review in Apple podcasts. All right, that's it for me. Peace out, guys. Make hope louder today. We'll talk tomorrow.